This is the Chieftains Podcast. I am one third of the Chieftains. My name is Dante. Uh, we are interviewing uh, Rhonda Sekhmik Ra. Uh, go ahead and give them a little bit about yourself, Rhonda. Okay. Uh, my name is Rhonda Sekhmik Ra. I'm a spoken word artist. I'm also a life healing specialist and what uh, some people would call a social activist. Um, but really, my goal is just to bring freedom. To our people in every way I know how. Okay, okay. Um, well, uh, here are some uh, questions that you know that I definitely have for you. Um, one of them is like, for example, um, how how important is knowledge of self to you? Um, I think it's extremely important. Um, I think a lot of our problems stem from not knowing who we truly are. Um, and, and on different levels, not knowing who we truly are um, as people of African descent, as black people, however, you know, you want to label us, um, not knowing our greatness, not knowing our power, not knowing what we're capable of. Um, and I think also that that spiritual knowledge of self is very important just in terms of knowing what we're capable of and knowing our purpose in this life, you know, and I think not knowing that causes us to do things um, that lead to suffering and kind of just extending the oppression that we're already in right now. Right, right, okay. All right, pretty good. Um, now, uh, w with that being said, uh, what are some ways that we can, um, you know, those of us over here in the diaspora, how can we build a synergistic relationship with the rest of the uh, diaspora? Uh, I think the first step is knowing that we're not different. I think um, the disconnect has come from, uh, which is an intentional disconnect, has come from seeing ourselves as different, even though we all share the same homeland and the same heritage um, and a lot of other even cultural things that we share, um, but we've become disconnected from that, and we've forgotten our connection. And I think first by realizing that connection, um, realizing um, that we are all connected and also that unity is strength and power for us. Um, for some reason, we got in this crazy idea that um, acting divided or acting um, in an individualistic way will help us, um, and that's actually what's hurt us. You know, us being right. a vast number of people across the globe, it's kind of crazy for us to not use that collective power in order to get out of this uh, situation that we find ourselves in globally in terms of racism and white supremacy. I got you. I got you. And um, with, with that being said, you know, I think with the um, what we've been saying lately, um, you know, while we are, there might be some ethnic differences, I think we focus a lot on the on those things that make us different instead of understanding that we are collectively we're dealing with an issue that's much bigger than uh much bigger than us right yeah. and, um and we say white supremacy um here in america you know those of us here in america we're dealing with uh these these governmental issues that oftentimes like you know you look at africom right the united states put put a, a particular command over there and, and the constant fighting over resources, right? Africom, then you got China moving in, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think that the, the when, it, when we talk about the, the topic of white supremacy, um, you know, how can we 
find ways to uh, work together while still appreciating, while we might have some ethnic differences, still appreciating at large, like, for example, who we are as a, as a people. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that yeah. we can find that unification? Yeah, I think it's actually a very um, natural step. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that I'm seeing some people start do start to do is just starting by um, doing business with um, Africans in different countries. Because um, a lot of times, um, like you mentioned, other countries are coming in um, and getting wealthy off of um, countries that have a lot of African people in them. So by us doing trade, doing business, um, getting raw goods um, from our people in some of those countries, um, doing things like that, I think, help to build the relationship. Um, also something uh, that I've been able to do in my organization is just have connections with people who aren't in the same country as me. Um, a lot of times we don't do that. Um, and believe it or not, even though um, some of the dynamics of racism differ um, across the globe, there's still a lot of similarities. Um, and we've even had people from South Africa, the U.K., come on our conference calls from my organization, the Black Awakening Movement, where we talk about topics related to our people, especially as it deals with racism, oppression, and how to get out of it. Um, and we're able to have the conversations, even though, you know, some of the, the components are different, the situation is the same, and we're able to have those conversations and start to build those connections so that we can work together. Um, So, you know, I myself is kind of, I'm still in the early stages of that, um, but I think there's a lot of different things that we could do and kind of things that come naturally once we get rid of this idea that, you know, we're so different from them, you know, then we can kind of start to just do what comes natural, which is working together. Um, And, you know, part of that is education. We also have to understand what's going on in those other countries. A lot of us have not even scratched the surface of the history of some of the African uh, countries and other places that have high populations of African people, such as Brazil, Haiti, and whatnot. Um, We have to learn more about that as well. Um, and then figuring out how we can economically support each other because those resources, especially in Africa, are um, being taken, they're being misused, they're being controlled by people who have no um, good intentions for the African people and that money is being used to benefit other countries um, such as Europe, such as China. So. I think it's very important for us to look at the economic aspect and, again, doing trade, doing business, building those connections. Um, I think also, um, I think even in travel, because a lot of countries make money off of travel, um, and some of us aren't even visiting those countries where our people are. Um, so those are things that, that we have to think about at, um, in the process as well. But I think that, that economic perspective is really important. Right, right. Okay. Pretty good, pretty good. The um, the other questions that we wanted to, uh, something that we wanted to discuss was in what ways do you think the black family can heal trauma? We deal with a lot of trauma here, uh, 
just yeah. you know just amongst ourselves. So, what are some ways that you think that we can uh, deal with that and, and also heal it? Yeah, yeah, um, that's super important. Um, and I, I myself kind of come from the perspective that you know healing will help us deal with a lot of other things that are going on um, because if we don't even have the mental clarity to deal with these issues that, that arise from systemic oppression and racism, whatever you want to call it, um, then we're not going to be able to, to really solve it as well as we should. Um, and the family is very important. There's been a lot done in order to tear apart the black family and um, also just the level of mental oppression and psychological oppression and just anguish and suffering that we've endured we see that play out in the black family a lot so this is um definitely really important to me um and there's so many different dynamics of trauma um i think a first step and this first step has to have an immediate follow-up but the first step is being able to talk about the traumas that have happened to us um for so long as a people i think We've kept a lot hidden. Um, you know, we're encouraging our family not to, you know, talk about the family business. You know, what happens in the family stays in the family. Um, and that's even in the the immediate families. You know, sometimes, you know, m- mom, dad, and child may know what's going on, but aunts, uncles, grandparents don't know what's going on. So a lot of times, you know, we keep information away from each other. But it's very important because a lot of trauma, even though we as a people have uh, uh, suffered a lot of external trauma, now we see that becoming internal trauma and we see that playing out. And a lot of children are traumatized within their own families. Um, I think the statistics show that, you know, the majority of people who are sexually abused are sexually abused by somebody they know. And oftentimes it's a relative. Um, so we do have to keep that in mind, and we do have to be comfortable speaking about it. Because even with um, the recent, and I'm not saying any names because I don't even want to get into those issues, but with right. when you see it now, a lot of allegations coming out, we still see the way, what I've seen is even the way that we talk about sexual abuse um, yeah. shows that we're not really ready to <laughs> to deal with it, you know. And But not we have to, you know. Yeah, we have we to do, have those we, conversations. We do have to address it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, not saying any names, but, you know, just recently I, I just read something about this individual, um, you know, the accused, you know, was thrown in jail. And then just recently they, they raised this individual's bail for, mm-hmm. you know, and regardless of whether or not this individual did, did or didn't, you know, he has to see his day in court. But, you know, point is, there's still that that thing of like when it comes to um you know the abuse can happen right and we sweep it under the rug and we still support versus like okay how do we handle handle such uh such such trauma like once the event happens we still defend you know the accused somehow like we find a way to to still support them we still we still i don't know uh, it's, it's weird how we right. handle some of those situations within our, within our families. And then, like, just recently with this particular celebrity, you know, we're still standing up for them. And then we use the whole thing of, like, oh, they're trying to tear down a black man, right? What about the white man? 
you know, neither is right. Is what I'm saying. Like neither neither of those things are right. Yeah, and I and I think what what has bothered me is um, I think we spent more energy discussing um, and defending, and sometimes uh, there's some people tearing down, but we spent more energy on the accuser than on the victim. Um, and I think especially right. when um, it comes to children, and again, not speaking to this specific case, but especially when it comes to children. Um, we really need to have our focus on their safety and their well-being. Um, and I was just telling mm-hmm. someone recently, um, the trauma itself is bad, okay? But you can, you as an individual can still have good outcomes even if you've been traumatized if it's handled Correct. in the right way. You know, yeah. if somebody does something that traumatizes you, the family comes together, this is not okay, the person who did it is locked up, they're punished, whatever needs to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And then you make sure that child gets the healing that they need. Then that child will grow up being more balanced, more health, healthy, mm-hmm. you know, happy individual. But if yes. all the blame is put on the child or it's just swept under mm-hmm. the rug and oh, we don't talk about this, then, of course, their outcome is going to be totally different. Um, so I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think even, you know, in talking about healing trauma, you know, I've done a lot of events and been a part of a lot of efforts to heal trauma, but I think for a lot of us, we haven't even gotten to the step where we can heal because we won't talk about it. And as much as I really hate these conversations that are going on right now, I'm glad that we're at least talking about it. Because for so long we haven't talked about it. We kept it a secret. We kept it hidden. And the healing can't begin if we keep it hidden. So at least when it's out in the open, there's at least the opportunity for healing, um, which is the next step. And I think that should be an immediate step afterwards. But, of course, first being able to talk about it and have those conversations. Right. That's, that's definitely important. Um the other question, um, what made you choose a comedic name, and how do you connect with the uh, the, goddess, the goddesses um, of the Pantheon uh, virtue-wise? Absolutely. Um, so the name uh, that part of my name is Sekhmet. So actually this name was introduced to me. Um, so I, kinda, I came into my awakening about four years ago. You know, I had studied racism before within the context of the white educational system and, you know, grew up with a pretty Afrocentric mother, and I thought I knew what racism really was, but um, about four years old, I mean, about four years ago, I had um, a radical awakening, which came for me um, finally for the first time in my life listening to Malcolm X speeches, Um, and it really changed, completely changed the way that I looked at the world because I realized what he was saying was still relevant to today. Um, So that gave me a different perspective. So fast forward after that, um, I go into creating my own organization in order to inform people about racism. Um, And one of the members of the organization, um, my brother Shaba, uh, as I was just beginning, you know, to do my research, getting introduced to ancient Kemet and whatnot, he said, you know, I've been doing some reading, and this, uh, what you would call a, a goddess or, or a netter, he said, this reminds me of you. And he was speaking of segment. 
And, you know, at the time, I didn't really think anything of it, but I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. So as I began to read about the stories of Sekhmet and who she was and what she represented, it began to resonate with me. Um, and basically, uh, Sekhmet is represented as a goddess of war, but she's also a goddess of healing. And the reason that resonates, yeah, the reason that resonates with me so much is because um, I do feel like we are at war. I feel like we are at war with racism, white supremacy, and uh, we need that type of energy to come out in order to undo the mess that we find ourselves in and to restore my eye. But at the same time, the process of getting rid of racism, white supremacy, requires a healing amongst our people. And so for me, because that energy comes out in both ways for me, you know, um, yes. you know, strictly speaking out against racism, but also wanting to heal, that that um, that goddess, that deity, that representation has always um, stuck with me. Um, and so that's why I resonate um, with her. And I, I'm still, you know, I'm still in my studies because, like I said, I only came into this information about four years ago. So every day I'm learning something new about the Neturu, um, about, you know, just these different aspects and principles um, that our ancient ancestors knew about it. But, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, the reason why I asked that is because I, I wanted you, you, you touched on something that goes into, for example, how diverse um, African-American culture is just even yeah. here. Um, you know, yes, our you know we we do come from from the continent, the homeland. But I wanted to, to highlight that particular point, and you touched on it. it we're, we're 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 seeing basically the diversity in terms of our philosophical approaches now tying into, for example, the need for us to to understand who we are as a collective, um, while still maintaining the the identity of that, but also um, when it comes to that political discussion of uh, white supremacy. Um, there, we need to be able be able to combat white supremacy, right? Racism, while also um, the other factor. If you're going to go to war, who's going to be able to heal us at the same time? Because you know we're going we're going to take some uh, um, some damage when you're when you're in war. People people get hurt, people die. So we need someone to take care of the wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle is here, so Kyle, if you got some questions, uh, feel free to to chime in. Um, only other question I got is, uh, how can Black academia and Black spirituality reconcile in regards to teaching? Yes, um, and in response to that, I think, well, the first thing that comes to mind to me is that in antiquity, those things were never separated. Spirituality and academia were one and the same, um, and I'm hoping really for a return to that because as a person who has studied within um, the white educational system um, and has done higher education, what they call higher education, and then coming out of that, having to do my own, you know, learning um, about what was really going on and then I have to do on my own spiritual learning, I realize this is something, you know, we really should be taught from the beginning. Um, I think right now the only reason that there's any type of divide or perceived divide between black academia and black spirituality is because 
neither side fully understand um, the importance. And I can't say that for everybody, but that's what it seems like. I know when I was in black academia, spirituality was barely touched. And then I, and then I noticed a lot of people who consider themselves to be spiritual and some, not all, but some of them will shy away from academia altogether. But I think that those could be integrated so that we have, again, that knowledge of self, that full understanding of ourselves, and also understanding the world around us, um, which is all connected. And our, our ancient ancestors understood that. They understood that these things were connected, and they were very advanced in their knowledge of the universe, of um, astronomy, of what you would call biology, of medicine, mathematics, all these things, um, but it wasn't separated. It was all connected. And I think the more okay. that even this society is starting to learn, we're starting to see that more. Right, right. But, and um, so, give me one second, sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now, when it comes to, um, all right, I see that you have a book, Awakening. How, now, how yes. can... Uh, you know, people get in touch with you on social, uh, Facebook, IG, Twitter, and anything you might have. Yes, absolutely. So um, I have book. Um, I have my personal Facebook page and also my artist page, which are the same name, which is Rhonda Sex Met Ra. Um, so people can find me there um, on Facebook. I'm also under Instagram under the same name, Rhonda Sex Met Ra. And um, I have a website, uh, which is rondaspokenword.wordpress.com. That's rondaspokenword.wordpress.com. And the book is, that right now, that's the only place that the book is available besides my shows. Um, the book is, was a completely independent project. Um, I self-published the book. I did the copyright myself. Um, and then I worked with a black-owned uh, printing company to get it printed. Um, so right now, um, the main way to get it, again, is either at my shows or on my website, which is rondaspokenword.wordpress.com. And um, I try to keep people updated on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I also have a mailing list. Um, so if you email me or, you know, if you message me, um, I'll uh, put anyone who wants to be on the mailing list. Um, my email also is rondasecmetra at gmail.com. And um, I'm always open to questions, as, you know, as long as they're appropriate. Um, but, yes, that's the main way to contact me. Nice, nice. All right. It was nice having you, uh, uh, Rhonda. So we will uh, definitely, um, <laughs> we'll definitely talk again. Uh, with, you know, this March is uh, Women's History Month, and you're definitely one of the um, black phenomenal woman that we wanted to uh go ahead and and have on our podcast so you know thank thank you so much for blessing us with your presence um we would definitely um i definitely went ahead and got the book i love it so far um thank you and thanks for uh thanks for coming on thank you for having me it's my pleasure my pleasure all right peace and power have a good one Chief Dennis.